4: Hello and welcome to In Universe, where we talk the ins and outs of all our favorite fictional universes. I'm Andrew. I'm Adam. And today we're talking about a pretty special fictional universe. Uh, we're talking Pathfinder, but not specifically just Pathfinder. We're talking our Pathfinder's little homebrew worlds. We're doing a little fan fiction episode, I guess. Oh
3: Wow not quite fan fiction well i mean slight difference yeah no but uh, we're talking constructed world our constructed world
4: ttrpgs is nothing but playable fan fiction
3: yeah look fair enough (laughs) i mean i guess at a certain point it's kind of just like really heavily changed like tolkien fan fiction yeah
4: Um, anyways, uh, I, I know up to most oh, of yeah. this. Oh yeah, just
3: to clarify, we know D&D is the big, big boy. We play D, we play D&D, we started with D&D. But we tend to play Pathfinder these mm,
4: days. What we started with was really barely D&D. Well, yeah. But
3: like, but I that's what we use. I've played Yeah, was, the
4: main, oh, okay, I'll, I'll talk about this. The main reason we started with Pathfinder is because right when we started getting to RPGs and I went to buy the books, um, I was with my mom who said, oh, you can't get Dungeons and Dragons because <laughs> your dad thinks you'll be like doing satan worship i said mom that's stupid
3: but these books of pathfinder
4: are cheaper, are cheaper <laughs> so i will get these
3: oh yeah exactly <laughs> uh and it's the satanic panic was a weird time yeah
4: no i hate it it's and i hate that people still yeah like like think it's a theme like Dungeons my,
3: and Dragons. Is... My dad has a, a strange cognitive dissonance where he knows that the Satanic Panic was bullshit, like pretty much all of it, mm-hmm. but certain facets of it he still believes in. Like, here's yeah. the idea of, um and we're already off topic, but this is just on my mind right now: uh, repressed memories yeah. and that kind of shit. Like, um, the idea that oh, I like repressed the memory so far, and then the therapist helped bring it to the surface and that's how i knew i was in a satanic cult (laughs) that's not true there's actually absolutely no scientific evidence that repressed memories are like a thing like that yeah there's a ton of evidence that therapists trained people to lie like there's just documented cases of them being caught going to jail for it and fined of being like yeah I told them that they had a repressed memory. And yeah, because you're, I a guess, them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were like, yeah, I guess I do remember that. Weird.
4: Yeah, no. And like, there's, I don't know. I, I If someone like came to me and like they had this real, tragic thing that they talked about being repressed or whatever I wouldn't like just be like oh no you're lying about that you're wrong
3: like I guess yeah I should be more clear I didn't mean that the individuals were necessarily lying yeah they thought they had repressed memories the therapist is just somebody who lied to them to convince them they had yeah
4: it's for me it's a real ghost situation where i'm like i believe you believe that but i'm not sure if i believe it whole not but um yeah anyways uh satanic panic no that's not although one thing (laughs) i there is one thing about the satanic panic whole deal the reason my mom wasn't into it is because she had a personal experience uh of it were um i guess her brother was real into dnd and then they found her brother like shirtless in like this the woods or whatever playing dnd or something and it was real cult like and i was like mom i don't know what your brother was doing but it wasn't it doesn't sound like
3: dungeons and dragons Unless he, they were also larping, I guess. Yeah,
4: that's what my uh, that's what my theory is. Him and his friends were larping, and uh, they just were caught at a real inconvenient time. Yeah, but he had like very his shirt off.
3: Well, yeah, because it's easy to look culty if you're in the woods with a <laughs> robe and like wet like the knives or whatever. But like that's also just larping.
4: Yeah, that's just play and pretend. But anyways, uh, we could get back on topic. Yeah, Pathfinder, our
3: constructed worlds for Pathfinder.
4: Yeah, our worlds for Pathfinder. Um, I guess we could talk about how particular, because I know how we started our world. Let's get this. So usually we play RPGs a good deal. Yeah, we're big and, nerds. Um, Adam here is usually the DM, but every once in a while I'll do it um and so we started with um just unconnected games and whatnot
3: yeah uh, real early on we had no idea what we were doing Um yeah it was kind of like just all.
4: make it up on the spot and whatnot but uh later once we started learning uh what we were doing we kind of were able to tie things together and whatnot and um I guess we could talk about that sort of deal. How? Let's start with this. How does your world, your Pathfinder world, um, like as a a planet or whatever, as a system, as a place, work?
3: Um. Uh, what do you mean? How does it work? Like, uh, do, do like <laughs> I don't know. Explain your. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, I have a a setting uh, for Pathfinder. Yeah, that's the word
4: I was looking for,
3: setting. That I call Iselpon, which is no place backwards.
4: I've never heard that before. That's pretty lame. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, (laughs) Fucking
3: (laughs) little anagram lad over here. Not an anagram, just backwards. (laughs) Just backwards. Uh, Which I got from when I was first looking into fantasy stuff. Uh, besides Tolkien there's I'm blanking on the author's name but he has the world with the Mouser uh, which is like the super like old time around the same time as like Terry Pratchett fantasy mm-hmm. um, with a rogue and like a barbarian and they they work together and they're friends oh um, <laughs> and his world uh, is called um, oh, I'm gonna butcher saying it it's like it's nowhere backwards so mm-hmm. it's what is that that's er, er- era
4: no. Er-, no er er er, air er- who oh on? i don't yeah well there's definitely a who no there's not a who in there no because it's not, not it's w backwards. h it's h w o and whatever yeah I, I get the point
3: yeah Erwan one or whatever it's 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 nowhere nowhere backwards backwards. yeah um and so I was like look that's fine I couldn't think of another name and I didn't want to stick with Galorian yeah uh so my world basically uh the way it was first developed I guess is I took the settings of the a few games that I played and was like well Kind of need to know where they're going, if they're going to be moving. Because mm-hmm. instead of like a like a dungeon raid or one that is held in a specific area, I had a game that sort of just wandered heaps. And it started to get to the point where it was like, well, unless I wanted to have just like an infinite, massive world where I just kept making up new yeah, and no. stuff every single time, I better start writing down some of what I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started with a small, like, plain area where they got to a small town called uh, Nearly There, because I couldn't think of a town name on the spot. (laughs) No, that's my favorite thing about, particularly
4: RPG world building, because when you're doing it for like a book or a story or whatever, you have the time to sit there and be like, okay, what's a good name for this place? But, but when oftentimes
3: you're improvising on yeah, the spot. And you, when you,
4: and, you, and you got you can't like spend 15 minutes like being like, all right, guys, let me stop for a yeah, second. Yeah, let me research like, naming
3: conventions. Um, now to be fair, uh, I'm currently reading the novel uh Ring World by Larry Niven, mm-hmm. which takes place in space, it's sci-fi, whatever. But one of the planets they go to is called We Made It hell yeah because that's um, pretty good a, like colony ship crash landed on it and they were like mm-hmm. we made it <laughs> fuck and that's yeah. just the name of the place yeah and no that, rules. that rules. i like that heaps that's um, some fucking douglas
4: adams yeah right
3: there uh but yeah so you get to nearly their town uh and they were on their way to next town <laughs> which was the city that they were going to yeah um and it was there that I was like, all right, well, I already specifically made these two near each other. Now, what's near that? And so I just sort of expanded radially from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when things, um, I started having games that like came in intersected with that, where I had like two games going at the same time. And uh, originally, they weren't anywhere near each other. But then eventually, they became close enough that I was like, all right, well, this is weird. Yeah. Um. And it eventually started to codify into an actual setting that had like its own history. When in one of those games, there was this big, like, war between next town and nearly there, in which the player characters were huddled down in like a last stand siege. As they were like, all right, townspeople of nearly there, we have to fight <laughs> the next town and win. Oh. And they did win, but uh, in the process, a big magical super weapon that was basically a big glass eyeball on wheels that fired massive lasers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that makes yeah. sense. That, that, that checks out. was detonated as basically a small magical nuke. And it put a crater about like 100 feet down where nearly there was. So nearly there is no longer a town. Now it's a massive, perfectly circular crater that eventually filled with torrential rain and became nearly their lake fuck yeah that rules oh and that that's there on my map right now mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm quite fond of it i really yeah, like yeah no,
4: I, I i love uh, i love a bit of like player involved history in the yeah. location that was a big thing about building my world was it had to kind of revolve around like what happened and how to explain what happened. Cause when we first started, um we kind of just like, cause none of this was planned out or anything. We played like the same games and we, like we would switch who would run and use kind of like the same characters and the same characters would enter. Yeah. Like in the beginning, we'd all be in
3: the same world.
4: Yeah. So we were in the same world. And then when we started to like flesh out everything, uh, we kind of like wanted to take things in different directions and didn't want to like don't want to step on anybody's
3: toes we, yeah there. we don't yeah. want
4: to we don't want to inf- like like insert anything that the other person weren't like so we kind of set out this thing where our worlds used to be oh, one yes world.
3: that's right
4: yeah so it was one world and then there was some sort of unknown magical disaster we, or we
3: worked in our inexperienced with the game yeah. to the history yeah, of the and world, that, which is something that'll come up again later. That yeah, like. that's
4: that's one of my favorite bits, is how much, like, <laughs> we're like, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing, but it's a part of it. That was yeah, it's, it's in. It's in.
3: It's in universe. Name yeah.
4: <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! Is that the first one? I think it happened once before, but I can't Damn. remember. Um. No, but that that's one of my favorite things about the history of our world, especially because if you because we've drawn uh like you had this crazy fucking I had a map that was
3: specifically scratch. just well all right I have terrible <laughs> penmanship and no artistic talent whatsoever. <laughs> That's just a baseline fact about me, but I needed to write down and draw my map, so I knew where things were, and so I took three pieces of of printer paper and just roughly sketched everything out.
4: No, I think it's four pieces, right? Because there's just one Only also three. on the bottom, right? Only three. Oh. There's
3: one on the top, one in the middle, and one to the side. Oh, yeah,
4: that's what it was. It's an <laughs> L shape. I was thinking it's a T shape. <laughs> yeah, it's a backwards have, L. Yeah, you had this map where it was like this L shape type feel. And nobody saw that for the long time. No, because it was time. just so for me. Yeah, it wasn't a problem. But then I drew out my map uh and i was like oh it, it, like i'm having fun but i'm kind of done already with my map uh, i'm willing i'll be willing to draw your map you just need to send me the one you have for and the i was like look photos. man it'll not it won't be <laughs> and it, that was the most fucking da vinci code deciphering <laughs> i've ever had to do because I've I've had to try to decipher your just handwriting before. It's not easy. And it's not an easy task, but it's doable. Like you could be like, all right, there's A's in there. Yeah. And I think I see an H and The worst kind thing of
2: about my context.
3: handwriting is I will never write the same letter the same <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, no, in the same you don't. Word. It's
4: that's the worst thing is how inconsistent your handwriting is.
3: <laughs> it's like I do, you know, when murderers are like like the Zodiac. Yeah, the yeah. they'll screw it. I just do that naturally. <laughs> And so this map was
4: just random, like, bullshit scribbles and shapes. And the only labels on it are these terribly handwritten, yeah. like, words. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God.
3: <laughs> to, dis- to differentiate topography, I would just do different types of scribbles yeah. and shading <laughs> Which and makes, it makes looks sense like to me because I did it. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't know what you were looking at, it would look like absolute... Somebody threw up graphite onto a page. But anyways, I fi- I figured
4: it out and we got it to a place that we were like happy with and we could like label and whatnot. But as the whole point of all of this is one of my favorite things is both of our worlds. So they're like a planet. They're both yeah, a, like around a, planet Earth.
3: the Earth is round.
4: Yeah, and but each one of them just has one side completely all <laughs> yeah. water
0: and
3: missing <laughs> because that's where the other side ocean. of the
4: world was. And like it's been so long that people are just like, yeah, I, I don't yeah, the great ocean, it. whatever.
3: <laughs> oh. Um and but the that other was, connective tissue specifically is the floating islands of flog.
4: Yeah, the we have we both each have the floating islands uh floating islands of flog which were caught right in the middle of the blast so like it got torn to pieces or blast or whatever
3: whatever happened. happened. Look, it, it got
4: torn it. to pieces. Yeah, we know if, if 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 we ever if 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 we ever explore it we'll let you know um but it got torn to pieces and it's filled with all this magical energy that the it's flying in the air so we both that's like the connective tissue
3: uh, so is i think like danish or something for for flying i remember we we googled that
4: yeah i think it might have been um swedish
3: uh, look for your guess is as air good as mine.
4: i i don't remember if you if you know let us know but <laughs> uh i i thought it sounded funny and it fit so yeah so that was when i was um that's that was one of my big uh like buildings blocks for the where my world started it was that and then the other thing was i got the book uh the Pathfinder book Rise of Rune Lords, and that started in the town of Sandpoint. So, um like, I started in this whole town, and that Sandpoint, I got maybe one adventure into the whole Rise of Rune, Rune yeah, Lords. I think we did the campaign
3: Like, it was that? like,
4: yeah, it was like the beginning where there was a festival but it it starts off in the town of Sandpoint and Sandpoint became so important in my game and nothing else from that book really has other than that town where I'm like, well, I guess I got to put in like the whole area of Galeria, like the whole mass of Galeria. Yeah, so So, like
3: what the continent that is the main world in Paizo's yeah, is on your world.
4: Yeah, it's on my world, but it's just a small portion up at the top. I have, other than that, it's all these massive, like, continents and whatnot, and, like, if you zoom in, you're like, okay, and this is all the shit that's in Pathfinder, (laughs) right at the top here, and which is, I really enjoy that direction, because I could have my cake and eat it, too. Like, I could use anything from the source books and put it in and everything, but also, if I want, like, a bullshit, like, this is magic mushroom land, I could do that as well, like, (laughs) It's, I I really like that system I yeah. got going for
3: it. It's it's a good approach. I went fully constructed. I'm not really mm-hmm. connected to Pathfinder much at all, besides using it as like the baseline system. Yeah, yeah. It's personal preference. I don't really like using modules. Yeah, no, that's limiting.
4: fair. I I always liked, like like because I will hear about a module and I'll be like, oh, that's like a really like cool sounding adventure. I want to like do that. So what I'll do is I'll like, I'll like download the module probably like by someplace online, and then I'll look through like the beginning FBI, of that it. Is not
3: an admission of guilt.
4: <laughs> uh, download online that I bought and paid for, of course. Hey. <laughs> uh, but um, I'll look through the like first beginnings of it. Like I'll go through the like what do you call that synopsis of the adventure that's yeah. what i was saying think of and then i'll be like oh okay i'll do play this adventure and then i'll i just won't play that adventure and then like a long ass time later like months later i'll be running a different adventure and be like oh that was a cool idea and then just yeah. toss the synopsis into like oh,
3: whatever we're doing that's one of the biggest things with like world building or constructed worlds or being a dm in general what is it um true innovation is learning how to hide your sources oh yeah um, you, you, you pull you, from everything anything anything you watch read look at listen to it ends up in your place somehow
4: yeah it's no you're like you'll just steal whatever like i know people like they'll get like this sort of feeling like if you're listening to a dnd podcast and you're like listen or like You're watching Roll... Twenty? No, that's not a thing. Uh, what's the
3: roll twenty to the website? Yeah, Dimension what's 20? critical, critical world the role. one I was
4: thinking. I don't watch that one, but I know that's popular. And you're like, oh, I hope my players or whatever never see this because they'll know I'm stealing. Everybody's stealing. Who cares? It, yeah. Just have fun. Nobody. No, no judging one cares you. really. No well, one, well, people on like Twitter might. Yeah, care no. There'll be out, but if who, you have you an be asshole be. of a friend who's like, you're not original. You just stole this. Yeah. Then don't play with that person they suck ass
3: (laughs) (laughs) um seconded yeah don't (laughs) but yeah everybody does it um the good the important thing is to put your own spin on it because it's like yeah at this point in human history there is no original idea. there's no original if
4: you came up with a wholesale original idea you're probably the most creative person a lot
3: yeah and you probably haven't done anything with it (laughs) (laughs) that too but like yeah because like every single idea any any possible even spin on an idea has been done before yeah you just gotta get good at it yeah
4: i i do hate the feeling when you think you've come up with something and you find out it's not yeah and someone's like you you like you like for example you put it into a game or you mention it to a friend or whatever and someone's like oh that's like this and you're like what and it's like like beat for beat your same
3: idea yeah that it's it sucks
4: (laughs) it's such it takes the wind right out of your sails
3: it does um and look if if you're not that good at hiding your sources or for whatever reason you don't want to just go wholesale like i just part of my world is a big desert that i just pretty much wholesale stole from dune Oh yeah, I've had some experiences in that desert. It's
4: not pleasant. And that's (laughs) on on purpose. It's not a fun place to be.
3: Um yeah, I guess we can start getting into specific topography, at least that we think differentiates it from like any Mm -hmm. Pathfinder world. Uh like I have the big desert with big sandworms because I Um, love Dune, and I'm a yeah,
4: no, that's real good. One we both have that is a really cool idea that I want to see like. And more, like, I, I want to see it as a place in something. Uh, we both have the, a crystalline forest. Yes.
3: So uh, my idea for the crystalline forest was it was a regular piece of land. And then the, back in, like, the Hyborian age of my world, there was a massive magical war. Like, just mm-hmm. every sort of adventurer, they all had magical items and blessings from gods and yada yada. To the point where... Again, a, basically, a magical nuke went off. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of magical got, disasters I lo- I going love on, and nukes worlds. are cool, and I use them often. Um, so that basically magically irradiated this little plot of land, like <laughs> about a like a good several like a yeah a forest
4: a forest worth.
3: Um, that just irradiated his shit like magic Chernobyl, and the things that grew and like survived that are forever changed by it so all plant life has crystallized but still grows and it's still mm-hmm. alive so they are like living crystals uh the ground is littered with magic uh you can still easily find magical items just like worked into the wood of a tree or buried under a rock um, yeah it's it's so I've got cool crystalline dragons uh there's scant few but a handful of like crystal specific creatures in the pathfinder bestiary so mm-hmm. those are there uh it's also a Fae forest so i've got a lot of Fae specific creatures there um and a personal favorite thing of mine that i really like about it is because it's so magical and the trees are crystal and all that the entire forest acts as an arcane focus yeah so Any <laughs> arcane spellcaster who walks into that forest doesn't need their focus doesn't need components they can just cast willy-nilly
4: yeah that um, was one of my favorite things Cause we played an adventure one time where we were in wizard school.
3: Yes, that was like right school in my yeah. It,
4: I think it was like right on the border yeah. of it or something. It's
3: actually no, it's towards the end of it, like uh, towards the back border of it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they, you don't have like any
4: like arcane focus or anything in the school or whatever, so you can't use that kind of stuff in the school but to teach you and so you learn like yeah go out into the forest and like do these adventures and you could do
3: magic and stuff uh and uh i think i I think that's just a really cool idea i mean yeah i i I think it's a really interesting idea (laughs) um one thing i like about having a constructed world and doing stuff like that is you can then take that and then extrapolate it further at least Mm -hmm. logistically speaking. like because they work as an arcane focus, the best arcane focuses in my world are often carved from or taken the, from yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And then they sell those, and then that's like part of the trade of it. Um, I guess the other big thing for worlds like this, beyond like, oh, there are elves and there are orcs, are like the actual societies within. Like like you have the full-on Galorian just as basically one continent oh yeah um because i have a lot of different like societies in mind just because yeah
4: i got um like i went and like i i, th- I got a note a google doc somewhere that just has all of this bullshit on it and everything but like i went like race by race and everything and be like, what's their deal going on right. here and how do they interact with the other races and the races of their name. Like elves, I have just, everybody has like elves where they're like, oh, I'm better than it, like these other races because like I'm pure and everything. But I have a whole level of societal racism. Between all the elves, yeah, like wood elves don't and, like other
3: elves, yeah, it's just sort
4: and of it's part of the and system. then it's yeah. it's not even like there's the basic like wood elves high elves don't like wood elves and shit like that, but there's also like full on like just same kind of racism we have here, where light wood elves don't like darker <laughs> wood elves because um, their yeah. skin, their barky skin is oak and not mahogany. <laughs>
3: that's pretty good i i I do like that yeah um i tried to stay away from like too much racism in my world i I don't don't, like playing characters yeah
4: i i don't want i don't want people to i don't want the players to like use racism as an excuse to be a dick yeah but i do think a lot of for one you could like be like yeah i mean i'm a white straight guy so it's not like i'm like oh i'm an expert on this but like i do think and a lot of literature and stuff can use it as an interesting like like what do you what do you call the word like a smaller conflict that yeah, they have you to can deal have with.
3: interpersonal struggles with yeah that. yeah i find it's an um an easy antagonist thing if you need it's the same reason why nobody feels bad about captain america beating up nazis if
4: if you want your bad guy to uh if you want your players to hate your bad guy make them racist or sexist or whatever uh my go to make them a bigot
3: for like go to these are the bad guys are high elves because i have a lot of different types of elves but the only ones that are explicitly racist and look down on other any other race are the high elves that's why mm. they call themselves high elves yeah uh and uh they're not racist but they're just straight out now out bad guys are the slavers of zeal they're oh a, yeah they're a country that's entire gross domestic product and entire economy is based on built around slavery. capturing other yeah. other people and enslaving them that's their whole thing and they are just bad guys there's no moral gray there they're just bad guys <laughs>
4: like that's
3: because
4: you could have like the moral gray of like an elf or whatever like even a high elf who's like hey guys maybe this racism isn't bad but if you have somebody taking part in the slavery society and like not being like oh let me leave this or let me do something about this then they're yeah that person's labeled a bad person um america like Ninety years ago. Yeah, look, it's part of my
3: <laughs> United Human Kingdoms.
4: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Wait, what's ninety that. years ago? Thirty uh, years ago, it's the '90s. So, like sixty years before that, it's the '30s. Uh, no, and, past slavery, but still bad. Yeah, uh, so. a bit. <laughs> and chuck on a, a a couple decades or yeah, some. uh slavery lasts. Look, like so. <laughs> a long
3: time in America. Too long. Two hundred years, I think, about in America from 16 something when we more, first okay here? we've had
4: slavery more than we haven't had slavery let's put it at that is that true
3: oh no <laughs> that's bad <laughs> and then i mean let alone the systemic racism after that yeah no it's that great fuck america kind of sucks sorry it's if a proud to, anybody's to feeling. be an american <laughs> anyway any whom's- that's not a constructed world that's our world um,
4: <laughs> yeah that's that that's god's constructed
3: world <laughs> um other like specific things that uh i think i like at least uh i have the pirate city of Castoff mm-hmm. um that i find fun it's uh like um madripoor from marvel comics or uh i don't know if there's a real life this but like a like a hive of scum and villainy kind of deal yeah, uh it's where the pirate king lives. It's uh where the black market like is a mm-hmm. physical place. Yeah, it's you could go to the black market. Uh one thing I really like about it um that I say almost more as a tourist thing for it in universe, but it's just a true thing that I made. Uh the entire city is built on a grid, which means that almost every street is a crossroads because selling your soul to a crossroads demon is supposed to be easy on cast
4: off it's <laughs> pretty fucking good
3: <laughs> i just think that's a fun thing to have as far yeah no
4: that, that fits real good with pirate city yeah <laughs> i like that the pirates are organized to build the city on a yeah. grid
3: too <laughs> they were like look it's got two benefits building on a grid is just good city planning and you get to sell yourself <laughs> to a demon on every street corner <laughs>
4: I wonder if it's like one a pop, so
3: like... <laughs> yeah, each Like a fucking crack dealer, each demon sits on the corner of a street crossing.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify.
1: For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com.
3: He was like, hey, I'll, I'll sell you fame and riches for your soul. Yeah and, then, yeah, and then the demon's like,
4: hey, hey, I'll give you more fame and riches for your soul. Don't talk to that guy. Like, Back Dude, that guy sucks
3: ass. Hey, look, man, if your deal isn't good, I'll just go up a block and get a, a better deal. <laughs> look, <laughs> I know what my soul's
4: worth. I, I don't yeah. need to take this shit.
3: <laughs> um that's one i really like uh i haven't got a whole lot of chance to use it as like a, a setting for an actual game until relatively mm-hmm. recently when i had a quasi pirate themed leg of an adventure fuck yeah dude Um pirate peg leg theme <laughs> that's a good one It's i mean it's fun <laughs> i keep saying what you're fucking saying um i just you get a lot of like I don't know organizations. I guess in a constructed world, mm-hmm. like um, what is it? Uh, in mine, I have, I have a, a one of my players is a druid, and they do a lot of stuff with druids. And so I had a a group of like powerful druids. Because one thing I really like about D and D, and then D and or D D style worlds with Pathfinder, um, with the level systems, you really have an easy way of a hierarchy.
4: Yeah, Like, if you, you want do
3: Thieves' Guild or Assassin's Guild, you just have various levels of rogue. Yeah, and, and that's easy. This guy's the boss because he's the most he's powerful. Level 20. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I was like, you don't see a lot of that with druids. Like, you get, like, uh, like the College of Winterhold, where it's mm-hmm. very powerful wizards, or, um, like, most armies have really powerful fighters. Yeah. Churches have clerics, that kind of thing. You don't see that often with druids. Yeah, because um,
4: they're most, they're for the most part like they're usually stereotypically like hermits and right. alone, and off in the woods somewhere. Groups,
3: it's like a druid circle of like yeah, it's a like few a few people. Yeah, <laughs> um, which look maybe that's what your uncle was doing in the woods. He was he was a of, druid, part of a druid cult. Oh, that'd be cool. Um,
4: oh, in game, oh, that's, uh, that's yeah, cool. that's cool, but still.
3: <laughs> Uh, So I had a, a one and such group, uh, what I called the parliament of the birds, Mm -hmm. which are, uh, because Druids can, you know, wild shape and change into animals. So these are a group of powerful Druids that all transform into one specific kind of bird. And one, they usually have one specific type of elemental, like affinity that they like. Yeah. And that's like a, the governmental body or organization of Druids. Each one of them have lower druids that like work for them and do stuff and so on and so forth.
4: Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. I like that. I, I, I like animal thing, theme- animal based like groups. Yeah. Like a, a quarter valve type deal or yeah. like I, I always thought like a murder of crows would be a cool little <laughs> fucking group. Although I always saw them as like a biker game. It, that does theme.
3: sound like a biker game. <laughs> yeah. It um, sounds like a pretty lame, bike. again. Okay. No, it is
4: pretty lame. Uh, one f- fun thing about, like, playing in these RPG worlds, like, that homebrew, is they have a lot of stuff that's, like, because they're magic and everything, you can do a lot of stuff that's, like, okay, this is the world, but, like, it shares the same space, but it's changed a little bit. Like, I have a lot of fun in my world with how I've built the astral plane. Oh, yeah. Like, like, yeah, this is, like, so the way I have the astral plane is they're kind of like ghosts and everything. So, like, they share the same space, but they're not seen. I mean, there's certain stuff that lets you see and everything. So they're not seen, and they can't really interact with the physical plane and everything. So you go into a bar, uh, like a tavern or whatever and then you drop into the astral plane and you'll see a bunch of like astral like entities like ghosts or whatever like sharing the same bar area as a place and there's like a ghost bartender there um we've had a really fun adventure a while ago i must
3: apologize somebody is mowing their lawn like right next to my window that's pretty very annoying
4: i i don't think i can hear it so i think it might be good okay just if you do hear it i apologize um but yeah we had I I had a lot of fun running a game not too long ago where the party kept dropping in and out of the astro plane oh one very fun thing about that game was uh my adam
3: here he played a character who
4: was he we referred to
3: him as just daredevil on the sheet i wrote just daredevil on the (laughs) name
4: because he basically built daredevil and what yeah, I got a like blind
3: fight and two weapon fighting and stick yeah. fighter. I got all I was a brawler. And so, one of my favorite
4: things about this was a big part of the adventure is dropping in and out of the astral plane, but he didn't know when it happened really all that much because was he was blind and it's not like, like you get like a slight tingle or whatever and whatnot, but it's not like it was a noticeable thing. <laughs> but yeah, that that sort of thing's a lot of fun because I have like my own like oh these are the creatures that live in the astral right. plane like I have astral dinosaurs which is That's cool. uh, like I was a big part of that uh, plot or there's like um astral dogs that have the ability of yeah, blink. blink so dogs? yeah 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 well I I think I changed I took the idea of blink dogs and I changed and kind it of split more them
3: up. yeah I yeah think I remember
4: that so like um like these dogs they have the blink spell but they're from the astral plane so they blink into the physical plane right. and people see these and that you get like shit like oh there's a fucking ghost dog out at the edge of town <laughs> don't go that way
3: Oh man, being that afraid of a ghost dog.
4: <laughs> well, they are like physically there and everything, so like it, they've probably like mauled people and shit. <laughs> and you watch a ghost dog maul someone and then disappear from existence. Yeah, you gotta I'd be, be spooked. Yeah.
3: Um. Yeah. Back to like uh player choices and stuff, interacting your constructed world. Oh
4: yeah, one of my favorite things about an RPG world because an RPG world it's very easy to think about it as this is my world but it's very much this is yeah this is our world like yeah i kind of have the most say and everything yeah i set
3: out the pieces but you decide where to move them kind of yeah but the
4: actions of the players affect like the world as a whole which you don't get that in any like in video games like they have choice branches yeah, and stuff tend but to be pretty they, binary yeah but that's oh it's a world like this or like this and novels it's whatever the uh like author says but RPGs have this very unique thing of yeah i made this world but i don't know these or how it's gonna right. turn out because i have these like things i can't predict for going out and Oh. interacting with everything
3: and one I like that involves uh that game with just daredevil is I'd had a character previously in the same world uh by the name of Sybil Starkweather
4: oh yeah okay so uh let me give a bit of backstory on Sybil Starkweather so I made I, I it was just supposed to be a one-shot and it was just, it was, I think it was on Adam's birthday. Yes. And we were looking for something to do. I'm like, oh, I had this really fun campaign where I'm like, uh, oh, I'm You never had like idea.
3: just got uh, the book, of a bunch of the magic yeah, items.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, it's just a dungeon that I threw all these powerful magic items into. And it, it's so like the party could go and have a bunch of like it just meaningless mean, fun with these different magic items but for some reason one
3: of the i think it was three it players was right only two it was oh it was only marco. two yeah uh, he was on our show once before
4: yeah if you remember back at the uh, fallout, fallout episode, episode yeah. our friend marco
3: was there but it, i guess
4: he didn't know what the like whole idea of the game was or whatever or he, he was decided to go against that it. all the items were cursed and they yeah, his, just destroy his he, character so yeah his character was like oh i don't like magic items i'm not using magic items so instead of each player getting i think it was like a list of 20 magic oh, items yeah. i had spread throughout the dungeon adam just got all of them and it's like all the big equipment ones like it was the deck of many things even things that wouldn't fit for of my character like I was fickle a wizard fortune yeah you and, were a wizard and he
3: was a barbarian um and so there was stuff like the demonic armor that like
4: yeah, it, that legitimately turned you evil. Because I did curse. Several like, of them no, were No, that's right.
3: He got one item, the first one, which were magical shoes that cursed them to dance oh yeah he was like the rest of these items are cursed i'm not touching them
4: yeah and so like from then on adam just got every one of these magic items and they really lopsided between yeah this sucks ass but it's real powerful (laughs) and they started stacking on each other
3: to the point where the curses were negligible (laughs) (laughs) so like and i just didn't care about curses i was like I was already vaguely evil as a character. I was like, look, I'll take the curses. I don't care. Yeah.
4: And then he just became more and more evil and evil and just went insane. He one of the big items was uh I forget what it's called, but it's this key that gives you access to a flying castle.
3: Uh yeah, the Storm King's Storm
4: King's Castle, I yeah. think, or whatever it was. So he got this. No, and
3: I, I I got the castle, but I didn't I couldn't control it. And I had the um the philosopher's stone which gave you one wish and i used my one wish for control of the storm King's yeah castle. yeah that's <laughs> so
4: he he made this character he got all these items and and he's like he's just this mad so there's a whole like trope of a mad mage throughout yeah. That uh, happens like, all the time. Like, yeah, I think I think D and D and Pathfinder
3: example of the mad scientist before science was really a thing. Yeah, is like the mad magician. I,
4: I think D and D and Pathfinder have like big specific ones, but for my games now it's Sybil Starkweather. It's the mad mage who flies around in this floating castle. <laughs> and he has an orb that drops in and out of the astral plane so the castle like both blinks into the astral plane flies around blinks out and it was perfect
3: um, because my name was Sybil Starkweather one as a reference to those Nebraska murders but also um (laughs) I love I had like all lightning based spells I was full storm lightning themed and then i got the storm yeah, King's Castle.
4: storm king's castle oh one of my favorite things is that um one of the curses did make a, that him blind yeah a crown
3: that made me blind <laughs>
4: but, but he I, had a familiar weasel that was named like david on, attenborough and named david attenborough <laughs> that he could see out of. So his eyes were a weasel on his shoulder. So he'd be like, if he's having a conversation with you, he's looking off to the left, but the weasel's making hard eye contact
3: with you. Oh man. And that, yeah, that character came back later on in the game with just daredevil
4: yeah because there was a big thing you guys needed where you needed to have like constant access to the actual plane you were getting there for someone so you had to go do a heist on sybil starkweather
3: right uh (laughs) and that that was very fun yeah
4: that didn't work out um (laughs) it involved it ended up getting another returning villain uh in my games uh bimbo the no oh, who's bimbo the
3: hate he's
4: he's straight from like the very beginning of my games and he's basically you know that classic devil's salesman where he's like oh i'll give you this but secretly it will fuck
3: you yeah the monkeys paul d yeah
4: so he he's very much that and he's shown up on nearly all of yeah i I
3: can't think of a game i played there he hasn't shown up yeah
4: and so through the player's actions he ended up possessing all of sybil stark weather's castle and everything in it and i we haven't been uh, like able to uh like go beyond that but i'm very excited for that sort of deal because i have some big plans i'm unhappy um yeah, that's one of my favorite things too. So Adam's main character throughout this game
3: yes, is my a, longest running. Yeah, character
4: is a, a small Irish gnome known as Chet Faker.
3: Yeah, singer songwriter Chet Faker.
4: <laughs> yeah, and so he, he's kind of Bimbo the gnome is kind of his the, his main uh, antagonist. Not kind of, sort of. But throughout all these other players, they keep making shit worse for Chet Faker off on the sidelines. And I think that's just glorious. I, I enjoy that so much. Chet,
3: Chet Faker has been through two different Saw parodies. Yeah. Lost he, a bunch he, of stuff.
4: He's been through Saw parodies. He's been sent to the future
3: because um, we played Starfinder, which um, is normally the sci-fi future of Pathfinder which we just extrapolated from our worlds. Yeah,
4: which it was very easy for me because I did use Galeria and everything in mine. So I heavily
3: changed Starfinder for mine as well.
4: So it it was like, oh, this is kind of already all set up for me. So again, I get to have my cake and eat it too, just on a much larger scale (laughs) of instead, oh, that's happening on this continent. It's, oh, that's happening in this solar system on this planet.
3: Yeah, Which, uh, and again I decided to make my own cake from scratch again.
4: Yeah, no. It's it, look, it's neither way is better or worse. It's just it's whatever you wh- like. Whatever you like. Um, Sometimes I like using other people's work that they they put a lot of <laughs> effort into and I'm like, "Yeah, I'll take that. Thank you." Um, Sometimes I'm like, "Well, what would be funny to put in?"
3: This. Yes, Chet Faker was in that first um Rune Lords game we did. Yeah,
4: that's what Chad Faker He lives in Sandpoint. That's on why Sandpoint became the
3: such an important
4: like part of the world. <laughs> because, because I would
3: I would fish for bass there. Yeah, he would. And my my famous meal of bass, bass and milk. milk. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like well, Chad Faker's unpleasant, <laughs> but fun. He's, yeah no he's, fun he's very play. fun
4: he's uh he's usually chet faker happens in solo games when we can't get a group together it's like all right i'll run a game for you for chet faker and he's got one of my favorite npcs paul Adon, who's, who's a, a, a paladin he's a paladin uh, although funny if he was something else paul yeah Don um, the cleric that's pretty good one of my favorite bits was because chet faker he because he's the player and I i'm focus a bard on by him. the way yeah he's a bard uh, he was getting really powerful to the point where i'm like oh i need a way to kind of like have paul like catch up and keep up with them so i had this adventure that centered around him becoming a holy champion and there was a checklist of like everything you need to be a yeah holy champion.
3: there was a little boxes you needed to tick yeah, to become a holy you- champion
4: so um oh who was it it was the goddess Lome day in pathfinder who again i took and made my own kind of deal uh you and it was you had to like have done a good deed for her. you had to be wearing her symbol you had to um
3: wield a sword i think was one of them
4: i, I yeah i think wield a sword I, I there was a whole checklist and throughout the adventure, and the Chet last Faker one is he
3: bathed in her light when she yeah, comes
4: bathed in her light is how it was activated. And Chet Faker just so happened to like check every one of those boxes. Like he had but a was on the mission
3: with yeah, with he was Ball on a mission.
4: This. They, and it had to do with um, these, like these paladins who became corrupt. They were paladins of Lone Day, and they became d- corrupt. So, like, they took them out, and Chet Faker killed one. And he's like, "This is a yeah. sweet
3: fucking cape." Uh, and Chet he Faker off- is uh, a fun character because not only does he loot like a normal player, but he loves to just tear things off of an enemy and wear yeah. it. So, I have like a Minotaur he- skull that's like my pride and joy. <laughs>
4: So, like, he ripped off, like, uh, the guy's cloak and put it on, and that had the symbol on it, and, like, he had his sword, and, and taking out the, like, corrupt people, he did a good deed for the goddess, and then at the end, when uh, he, like, everybody comes around, and they start thanking The Chet Faker and Paul for their good deeds as a way to like get everybody to look at him. Chet Faker climbs onto Paul's shoulder. Chet Faker is
3: quite narcissistic.
4: He's like, Oh yes, thank you. I know I'm awesome. (laughs) And it was right then when the goddess bathed Paul in her light. To make him a holy champion, and because Chet Faker just so happened to check off all the lists, I went. Yeah, I the oh, holy he's,
3: champion splash. Damage. He's also a holy champion now, I guess. Because <laughs> he realized it mid thing. Like I was standing on his yeah. shoulders, and then you described the light hitting Paul, and you were like, "Wait a minute, no." Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, had to, like- yeah, I had to reference. I'm like, "Oh well, yeah, he did that.
4: That's there. He's in the light, and so just." chet faker snuck his way into being a holy champion Dude, God, for I, de- goddess. I didn't
3: even follow
4: yeah but he has since used that to his advantage oh, like there yeah. was one uh where he went to the future he was in Starfinder, um and because he was a holy champion for the goddess lome day Um, her followers they don't really get holy champions anymore so he was basically like
3: I was like a huge celebrity he was
4: like a, a like royalty to them so he was like oh give me like bring me all the money you can give me new armor let me fly you big ass ships around I control my own army also one of my favorite things about that was uh he made a deal with it was basically the devil and like the deal was he got like this he got like these sweet new demonic powers and he's like yeah I'll give you my soul next week and then, so then he I traveled back back
3: in, time. back
4: in time thousands of years so he's like oh now I don't have to give up my soul for thousands of years and a week <laughs> yeah thousands of years and a week however long that lined <laughs> I'm up I'm a
3: procrastinator it's fine <laughs>
4: And so that's that's one of my favorite things about Chet Faker is he's so unpredictable. And <laughs> like by the time I realize it, I'm like, wow, that just kind of just changed the whole way my world works. Huh?
3: He is unnaturally lucky to the point. <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous. It's so fun.
4: Yeah, no, it's oh. it's one of the best characters we got going on.
3: Oh, uh, before we run out of time, there was your longtime character. Merlin. Oh
4: yeah. So it was actually our first when yes, we first very started
3: first characters we've done.
4: Yeah, all right. So we didn't know how any of the systems worked. Uh we didn't know like basically anything. I just listened to some D&D podcasts and I said, "Hey Adam, I would like to start playing Dungeons and Dragons. Are you interested?" And Adam responded no, that's some nerd yeah. shit right there. I will never play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> He's like, I may be a nerd, but I could look down on the nerds who play Dungeons and Dragons and go, that'll
3: never be me. Look, I, I <laughs> need to have something below me for my self-esteem. Now I look at LARPers. I'll never LARP. But Mark my it, words. We finally,
4: like, I finally got him to play and we had no idea what was going on. And because of that, like, my character was basically a god and how he played because i was so over explain yeah he
3: was like i got the spell book app and i can do the spells in it yeah
4: i i had the spell book app that just listed the spell like they didn't even really describe the spells or anything what they did either yeah, yeah and it didn't describe who what classes the spells were for or what they did it was like oh this is a spell, and this is what level it is. So, like, we would—I would be like, "Oh, I use tidal wave. I guess that makes a tidal wave." Yeah, he just and could do I basically would, whatever. Yeah, and and there were D and D spells too. So that was before we settled on. Oh, this is the
3: Pathfinder system, right? And um, it was it was very fun, even though we had no idea. Yeah, and- I not <laughs> think we even really knew how to add bonuses. It was all straight rolls.
4: Yeah, it was straight rolls. See how lucky I got. And then like we got like more and more into, okay, this is like how we play. But then we're like, okay, well, we can't just make them like less powerful because that wouldn't make any sense. So, like, even after I, we learned, like, okay, these are how spells work and everything, I basically got level 20 in every class of spells. Yeah,
3: eventually. level 9 spells of every brought class him of spells. Back to, um, into the Pathfinder and into uh, my current world, which is a lot better suited for that kind of thing yeah Um, and to translate him yeah he was like a level like 60 character or something
4: yeah he was he like multi-class to hell um i actually i think he was only like three classes i think he's like level 37 or something like that Yeah, but like he didn't have like he wasn't boxed out of oh you can only use uh, wizard and sorcerer spells he was oh i could use bard spells because and he had spells. a special spell book and yeah. constructed
3: especially rpg world items are dm's best friend because nobody can tell you you're doing them wrong
4: yeah no so so like he was this very unchained character we had um, and so uh, how we explained that how we were like oh this is how he was so powerful was for one, he was. We had it set way in the past before the world split, and when the world split, that caused a big change in how magic worked. Where like it was like much lesser type deals were. It was more. They re- were back. To Pathfinder. The yeah, worked. they were just Pathfinder spells and how the Pathfinder game worked. <laughs> and uh, so there was uh, an adventure we played where. Um, some guy brought him back to life because they needed someone who like could use the ancient way of magic. So like when he came back, he's very much this character of, Oh, I work differently than all of you guys and I'm cool as hell because of it.
3: Yeah. And um, that was one of the, few times we really get to play around with like really powerful characters yeah we the and, yeah uh,
4: we always start at like level three or whatnot I, yeah we never, i tend start to start at to...
3: like level three because that's when classes actually start becoming useful. yeah if
4: if we're like feeling lazy or whatever and want to just start playing the game we'll start at level one because that's the easiest to just
3: roll right. out a sheet real quick Um, but it was fun to like let loose because very few games Fully get to that level 20 yeah area.
4: they either fizzle out or like though the characters will die off or the games will just end so we never get to get to like oh this is a level 20 right. character you have
3: um and so having stuff like uh you were super powerful but like because you were a wizard you were still, like, relatively squishy, and so having, like, mm-hmm. the Wild Hunt fight you, and it was genuinely a difficult fight, was fun. Yeah,
4: no, it, it's, it's really fun. We should play that game again. Uh, I'm I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh anyways, I think that we're, it's about time to wrap it up. Yeah, that'll um, well, just about do us for today. But this was, this was a pretty fun episode. I like this sort of deal. Um, If you guys have, like, Pathfinder or rpg type worlds or anything yeah um, let me know about it let, let us know curious. yeah i oh, i, I want to see we, like if reels? they're
3: good if they're good ideas we will steal your <laughs> ideas for our own game. no genuinely if you have homebrew weapons and items and stuff send them to me yeah i love uh, that shit
4: yeah uh, weapons items if you have like any ideas for like a cool area or a cool monster, just, just send let us that know. in because we'll, so we'll fucking love that shit. Um, if you can, uh, it, try to build it around the Pathfinder system. But if you don't feel like it or it's just, you don't. Can't, yeah, it's it, just don't, it just don't. We we could do the it or not. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, and if you want to send that kind of stuff to us, the I guess best way would be through our email at theatomicemail at gmail.com But you um, could also go to our Twitter at atomic uh, the atomic androids i think uh
4: yeah the atomic androids or you could uh go to our instagram at atomic android 2020 we've gotten a a a few trickle down uh followers which i assume are you guys if not if you're not listeners uh that's confusing but uh i'd like to say thank you for following us yeah no
3: genuinely uh, thanks we'll keep you oh, updated up uh, there best speaking we can. of updated it's at atomic androids no the
4: yes <laughs> on oh, <laughs> twitter yeah it's at atomic androids um but i think that just about does it for us
3: yeah uh thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week bye
4: uh have a good day and a good sleep and a good night
3: If you're sleeping if this is like 9 a.m well
4: when when you do fall asleep tonight um good night sleep tight and don't let the bed bugs play
3: this bit again just before you go to sleep
4: yeah go fast forward to the end of the episode uh play this bit again i'm i'm i'll I'll give you a cut (laughs) just play this bit i'll say no uh and be ready for it okay now hey uh buddy uh, i see you're snuggling in there for a good night and um i just want you to know uh i'm hoping you have a good night and a good little sleep and have sweet dreams
3: is this supposed to be asmr or just like nice? It's well now you've ruined it
4: oh go to sleep uh, well, yeah well good night go to sleep i uh, cut it off before the end card or whatever it is
3: oh first time we've acknowledged <laughs> the end cards <laughs> bye oh bye
4: we coddle our old and that's not odd hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter